0: can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 19th, 2012. For newcomers, please help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see all the other official sites listed there. They all carry free audios for download and they carry transcripts as well in English. For print up, if you go into Alan Watt sent in, Sentinel Sentinel EU, you can have print ups in other languages. Uh, remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I try and show you how nothing that's happening today wasn't planned many, many years ago. And i mean many sometimes 50 or 100 years ago as we go through through the transition uh, transition phase really into this brave new world this new world order uh, a dream of many people for an awful long time and uh, to show you how it works as well i go through the organisations that set themselves up and their long-term business plans, that's how you run the world, like a big long-term business plan, 50-year plans, 100-year plans, all different uh, agendas to be fulfilled within the plans, of course. And the, the NGOs, they're, they're paid, huge armies of non-governmental organizations paid lots of money uh, by foundations. Foundations that really are not, um, they're not uh, accountable to the general public. They're owned and operated by the richest people on the planet. They set them up a long, long time ago to be a parallel government. They also put their own boys and girls into politics when it suits them. They put, they staff your bureaucracies with their own people, two members of the Council on Foreign Relations. They give you presidents from the Council on Foreign Relations across the world and they are running the world along their own particular agenda and plan. Understand, too, that you can set up foundations with tasks to fulfill. One foundation could have maybe 10 tasks to fulfill, and they needn't change those tasks for 100, even 200 years, hiring, retiring, hiring, retiring, and they get their agendas through. That's how they do it. They've got all the time in the world to work intergenerational and get it done. Member two, as I say, that you can bring, uh, you can keep me going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com because I don't have shares in advertising or take products in, or sell products. And uh, I've had plenty of opportunity to do so, and I'd still be a lot happier uh, financially if I did. But again, it compromises you to an extent, and you become simply commercialized and mainstream. So I go this way, the suicidal way, and I hope it's up to you uh, that you'll see the same point of view and help me out by buying the books and discs at cutting through com. From the US to Canada, you can use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. Donations are really, really awfully welcome. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And if you don't understand the past, you won't understand what's happening today. You'll be caught up in the hullabaloo of the mainstream media, which is all owned by the richest guys on the planet who also own the foundations and who are going towards the world agenda because their job is to make you think that things are spontaneously happening and your governments must spontaneously just deal with it. Nothing is further from the truth. We've been in, we've been in perpetual war since Gulf War I. If you take in the wars all through Latin America and elsewhere, we've been at war forever. And this is a, a system and techniques of those ruling elites who are taking over all the resources of the planet's because we're public-private now, you see, and the big idea from the the private uh, philanthropists, as they call themselves, who own the foundations, was to take over all the earth's resources and run the world in a new feudalistic system with corporations and CEO leaders being the new feudal overlords. We're already there. We're already there. And they have lists of countries they must take out and plunder before they're all finished. Once they've done that, They'll simply pull the rug from under the feet of those in the U.S. because the U.S. is a battering ram at the present time. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back heading through the matrix talking about this big Plan we're all living through and it's causing upheaval across the whole planet. Austerity is part of the plan too, mind you. But uh, at the moment we're concentrating, this year, your owners, I call them owners because we've never had democracy. Uh, they they, they planned to take over the entire Middle East and other countries besides that, but mainly Muslim countries, because they decided a long time ago that the Muslim countries would never adapt into this new world vision that they had, and they'd have to simply go, uh, be bombed out of existence, exterminated, whatever it takes, because it's a very old agenda, this, and they even had plans... To do the same with different people in Britain and elsewhere under eugenics uh, a long time ago, you find that uh, John Stuart Mill had his drafted list up of people who wouldn't fit into the system, Aboriginal American Indians and other peoples, uh, a lot of the blacks in Africa. What they actually said was those blacks who couldn't adapt into this economic system uh, would have to be eliminated because they believe, you see, in the great leap forward in, in evolution and they do believe that those who are from a previous age, they can't evolve into the new age of, of evolution, it would bring down the ones at the top, and therefore they'd have to get, become eliminated. This is still on the go today. The world is full of elitism, completely full of elitist ideas, and every country's got them for, for those at the top that own you. But they, we, we know from the 90s at least, they had a whole list of countries to take out under the project for the new American century. And they listed the countries beginning with Afghanistan and Iraq. And they, they actually had Syria then after that, but instead that we did Libya. And Syria is going undergoing it now. And then of course Iran uh, is eventually taken out too. Egypt is another one as well. So it's the same list that Israel had, of course, because they work hand in glove with the US and people can't quite fathom out what the special relationship is. Is the tail wagging the dog? Uh, who is a dog that's been wagged, and and so on and so on. And that's never been explained to the people, but they're definitely working in tandem. And there's so many lies coming out now from all sides, you don't know who to believe. That's standard obfuscation of the truth when you want to go to war. But in the meantime, we're going to gooding all uh, the, the countries to go in to Iran. And it says U.S. Gulf build-up signals to Iran. You know, it's a signal to Iran they're sending. This is from uh, the BBC. And it says that U.S. Um, uh, pons transits the Gulf en route to Bahrain. And it says the USS Pons because the ship acts as a mother ship capable of housing special forces. And then it's got the main story there. And it says, it's described by the U.S. military as a defensive exercise to preserve freedom of navigation in the international waterways of the Middle East. And uh, it shows you minesweepers and all the rest of it The focus will be on countering efforts by hypothetical extremist groups To mine crucial waterways in the Gulf, the Red Sea, the Gulf of Aden and the Gulf of Oman Uh, This is the exercise that will not extend into the Straits of Hormuz uh, Presumably to avoid raising tensions with Iran Well, they're doing all they can to raise tensions with Iran They've been doing that for years now and embargoing them too the U.S. spokesman insist that the multinational maneuvers are not intended to send a signal to, to Iran, but it's hard to see any other fundamental purpose behind them. Well, of course, it is. it's all to intimidate Iran. And this is the sort of news they give you today. Most folks, as I say, don't really care. That's the truth of things. We've lived through uh, the, the so-called colored revolutions. We've lived through our own countries training terrorists and sending them over to undermine countries and get the wars going. And no one really cares in the Western world at all, like as all usual for them. So they don't really care about it. But And then, of course, we send in NATO to bomb them. But no one really cares. Today, see, the news is also far away from for most people. And uh, the further away it gets, the more unrealistic it becomes to you, especially if you're, if you're surfing all the different sites you're, or you're watching television all the time. Things become unrealistic or surreal to you. It's all one big movie that's blurred in your mind and nothing's real. You've watched so much violence, you can't tell the difference between someone really being blown up or shot from helicopters, real people, or, 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 or something for, for a movie that you're watching. You just can't tell it anymore. This other article too, people who think that the Canada and the US are still separate uh, nations. Of course, the amalgamation of the Americas is still going on step by step. And this was from last month. It says today the US-Canada border, uh, beyond the border is called Canada beyond the border. Executive steering committee met for the first time in Ottawa, Canada. President Obama and Prime Minister Harper directed the establishment of the B2B. Beyond the Border Executive Steering Committee to oversee progress on the implementation of the B2B Action Plan. To ensure continued transparency and accountability, the B2B Executive Steering Committee will generate a joint public report to be published in December 2012. Additional information, including the full uh, Beyond the Border Action Plan, is available at TDHS.gov. And I'll put these links up for all these stories tonight at cutting through thematrix.com, to let you show that things are still steamrolling ahead. Remember, Europe was to be amalgamated first, then the Americas, and at the same time the Pacific Rim regions as well. And that was the three main trading blocks that they wanted. Very old plan, 100 years old. And this article, too, is about austerity. You see, austerity are what your masters deemed appropriate for you. You've had too good, you see. Uh, when you had factories and things, and they've sent them all off to China. so And you still had it too good, because they kept our art- prices artificially down in some countries, especially America, because they needed lots of troops and, and so on for the big wars that they've got to fight. But that time is to go. And uh, since Britain has doing less of it, because uh, they handed the torch over to the U.S. a long time ago, you have to read about Kipling about that, because they actually did hand a torch over, in a sense, uh, and he says, it's, it's time that you took this over and brought in the world government. Uh, read about that. It's quite, a, quite an interesting story. Anyway, David Cameron of Britain has admitted he cannot envisage a time when the austerity program will end. So it's perpetual and failed to rule out spending cuts lasting until at least 2020. That means forever. Because, you see, austerity is what they planned. You're going to use less of the world's resources. You'll live in poverty. You'll be trammed into these high-rise buildings in the cities until you die off because this present generation will not have children, or very few at the most. And um, and they know that, too. Plus, infertility is rampaging through people through their inoculations and the food that they eat as well. It's so all it's war. This is what's called total war. You never tell your target you're under total war. Uh, and because obviously they'd, they'd be rather annoyed about it. So you have to do it covertly and, and always play, uh, feign ignorance when reports come out about, you know, failing fertility levels and so on. So anyway, it's perpetual uh, austerity because all your money has to go to pay fines, fees, licensing, energy products, um, programs and also carbon taxes, things like that, that's where it's all to go. And that goes straight to the big boys via the Rothschilds Bank in Switzerland, because Rothschild brought that one forward, remember, carbon credits. So, it says the Prime Minister welcomed falling inflation as a good sign, but admitted the economic crisis had been far worse than expected and could blight Britain for years. Well, Britain's used to being blighted because they've never really got a debt for since the Rothschilds took over the Bank of England, that war after war after war, because governments then could borrow from them and keep the wars going and then have long depressions to pay them back. Mr Cameron, in an interview with the Daily Telegraph, said it's a period for all countries, not just Europe. But I think you will see it in America too, where we will have to deal with our deficits and we have to have sustainable debts. And I can't see any time soon when the pressure will be off, he says. So, very difficult times ahead, and of course that's the agenda and that's how it's going to be. Now, a few days ago, Netanyahu and Hillary Clinton met and stepped up the next step towards um, really putting the pressure on getting war going with Iran. Of course, and uh, and four days later, as I say, uh, you get this happening. Bulgaria suicide terror, or terrorist carried a, f- a phony American ID or card. This happened in Bulgaria when some uh, Hebrew or, or Israeli students came over on a bus run going to the Black Sea. It's very popular for Israelis, and a bus blew up. Uh, just like that and of course immediately before the explosion died away Netanyahu was yelling that it was Iran responsible for it just like when the towers went down remember and Rumsfeld and Buzinski, uh were saying that that was that must have to, have to be uh, Osama bin Laden you know same thing before the towers even the dust even cleared they were telling you who it was so that tells you that is their target regardless and uh, it's not unknown, this is a hard thing to say too, because it's not unknown for them to sacrifice their own to get sympathy and get to get things going. The few must perish for the sake of the many, is a well understood statement uh, saying in uh, the Talmud. And it does work very, very well. This it says Bulgaria's suicide terrorists carried phony American documents, and the terror attack in Bulgaria was carried out by a suicide bomber. Now they're not even sure if it was a suicide bomber yet. The Bulgarian Prime Minister, Byokyo Borosov, said Thursday morning, and trying to up a picture of how six Israelis were killed when a bus blew up in Sofia's Sarafofo airport. Uh, an initial investigation based on footage captured by surveillance cameras indicated that the bomber was a Caucasian. That makes it even more suspicious. And apparently he had a Michigan ID. Uh, earlier reports said that the bus had been blown up by an explosive device set off remotely. So it's all up in the air right now, and we'll never probably get the truth out of it. But it's interesting to see it happened four days after they stepped up the the pressure and made a deal between Netanyahu and Hillary Clinton to put pre- more pressure on Iran, which they're going to attack regardless. This is on the cards. I'll put up tonight too a little video on uh, uh, Iran, some of the most beautiful cities over there, very first world cities, so that we can remember them before the tournament into rubble that like they've done elsewhere across the Middle East. Uh, Fukushima, well, the government there has been their PR stunts and so on, and they're telling the people that the water is not radioactive now, and they've got families flocking to Fukushima Beach because they've opened it and declared it safe to swim in the sea. And they're having a good time, and I hope they don't come down with any ill effects. I'll put that up tonight, too. Back with more after these messages. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through The Matrix, over the, the years, as this, this uh, war system goes in through every country, and we're all really under martial law, whether we're like it or not, so that's really what it is. Uh, we find that, that uh, with the rise of the internal police forces, which is really just military forces today, they're, they're trained in, in, by the military, most of them are staffed now by the military, guys that come from the military, and they have all the equipment of the military. But uh, they have all these different operations on the go all the time. Different agencies, government agencies, raiding homes and things. And I've lost count of all the wrong homes I've gone into and killed people and, and done stuff like that. And there's another article today. But get used to it because we we're we living in the sci-fi now. The sci-fi movies are here. This, these are the sci-fi movies we're living in that they showed us 20, 30 years ago, the future says family suing after the dog was shot. They always shoot the dog first during a bungled raid. And it says um, uh, the U.S. family is suing local police forced after officers allegedly handcuffed three children and forced them to sit next to their dead dog for an hour in a bungled raid on the wrong home. Standard stuff. The Minneapolis family claimed police terrorized them at gunpoint during the raid after shooting dead their pets. All nine occupants of the home, including three children, have launched a federal court lawsuit against the Dakota County Drug Task Force, the St. Paul Police Force, and a Drug Enforcement Administration agent. One of the family members, Roberto Franco, told the court that the name on the police search warrant was not his but Rafael Yabara, a man who lived next door when the raid pl- took place in July 2010. Family says during the raid, police officers forced each of them to the floor at gunpoint, handcuffed them behind their backs. They shot and killed the family dog and forced the handcuffed children to sit next to their dog's dead body and, uh, and it's pouring blood, of course, for more than one hour while defendants continued to surf, uh, search the plaintiff's home. One of the children was kicked in the side. That's standard too. They like getting you, once they've got you tied up, they could kick you, you know, especially so the weaker you are, the better. And another endured a diabetic episode because she was not allowed to take her medication while she was handcuffed. Even after police discovered that they were at the wrong home, they kept searching the property. Now, this is standard procedure. They've got to keep searching to find something to get you on to try and justify the damage they've done to you. And it happens in Canada, too. And what they did was find found a gun in the basement room. Who can also could have placed it, therefore, you know, of another member of the household, Gilbert Castillo. Police charged Mr. Franco for the legal possession of the firearm, who claims he was then wrongly convicted of the offence. The parents say the three children were physically and emotionally traumatized by the raid and now needed therapy. So they're suing anyway, and I hope they get somewhere with it. They probably won't, but I, I would like to see that happen. It happened in Canada too, where a raid here in Ontario it was. It was after a, a killing in a restaurant where was a, a black guy was, was a suspect. And meanwhile, as they were arresting, the RCMP were arresting him in another country, uh, the local SWAT forces um, had got a tip-off of a black guy sleeping with a white girl. Ooh, ooh, in Ontario. So they raided this other guy's home, nothing to do with it at all, terrorized them all, tied them all up, threw them against the walls, including a little baby as well, <laughs> tied them up. <laughs> no kidding. And to justify what they did when they realized that the, the, the screw-up, they, they tried to charge them for having a, 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 an air uh, rifle, you know the ones you buy off the shelf without licenses, and even that fell through eventually because it was still under 460 feet per second for the firing the pellet. But they always try and get you for something once you've royally screwed up that standard procedure. The dangerous part is if they end up killing you, you see, uh, because then you can't testify against them, and they can say, "Well, you had a gun there, and they fired." You know, they, they can do all these nasty stuff, and that's what that's real life, folks. Stop living in fantasy land and movies where detectives are all worrying and tearing their hair out about some case or other and they can't sleep until it's solved to help the poor people. Stop believing in this fantasy you've been brainwashed with and get into some real life here. I hope you do. Some people have heard this organization, others haven't. It's a very old organization. It was another branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs and it's for the World Parliament uh, Assembly, also called the World Federalists. You can go back into Shelley's time, the poet Shelley, who wrote, wrote about it too. And when they'd have a parliament of the world after they furled all the flags, etc., and the guns were silent and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And President Truman liked that poem so much, he used to read it every major speech he gave. But it's to do with a world parliament, and it's pushed by all the big boys and the United Nations, And it says, Study presents a model for a World Parliamentary Assembly. And uh, there's a a book presented at Congress in Winnipeg, Models and Principles for the Establishment and Further Evolution of a World Parliament are the subject of a new study that was presented on Tuesday to an audience of international specialists participating in the World Congress of the World Federalist Movement, Institute for Global Policy. And some of your top, uh, especially in the States, top... um, TV announcers in the past have been, and Cronkite was a member of it too, and other ones, this World's movement for world federalism, an international network dedicated to strengthening of the rule of law, human rights, federalism, and democracy. The book, titled Creating a World Parliamentary Assembly, An Evolutionary Journey, is authorised by Joseph Schwarzberg from Minnesota, an expert on the subject taught geography at the University of Minnesota, which was stored on him in the 2009, the honorary title Distinguished International Emeritus Professor. The book, published by the Committee for a Democratic United Nations in Berlin, with a foreword by Daniel uh, Arch Buggy Buggy, who knows, a well known uh, specialist in cosmopolitan democracy and director of the National Italian Research Council explores how a democratic deficit of the United Nations can be pro- progressively minimized. They can't speak this is all you know, social ease, social bureaucratic ease. They can't speak straightforward. But then they they want a global parliament. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back talking about the World Congress and World Federalism, the World Parliamentarians. It's all the same thing. And, again, it appears to be awfully left-wing, but they're funded by the big foundations, again, the big usual suspects that that own international business corporations. Anyway, it says the 26th World Congress of the World Federalist Movement Institute for Global Policy, assembled this week in Winnipeg, Canada, has reaffirmed the international movement's support of global democratization. We don't have it here in Canada, but they're pushing over somewhere else. A resolution that was passed unanimously by delegates from over 20 countries stressed that the Arab Spring, the Occupy movements, Idignatos and other forms of social protests have shown an increased discontent with existing global political order and raised the question of democratization. And uh, it says democratization through globalization, democracy. It runs major international programs in the International Criminal Court and the responsibility to protect. It's determined that it should be a key pillar in its strategy to facilitate channeling the social energy into the concrete development of a world parliament and a democratic global order. The development of a United Nations Parliamentary Assembly, and it goes on and on and on about it. This is its 65th anniversary, apparently. So you can read all about that and see how a whole bunch of other people, you can seldom hear of, have been working very, very hard to bring a world parliament. Again, Marx had the same idea, three trading blocks, and with a central, uh, a central parliament like Europe's got for the whole lot, and Brussels, and one will be for the Americas too, and then you'll be under a super parliament of the world. So this is a very old agenda you're living through, and these characters that I'm mentioning here are only one of many organizations funded by the big foundations with trillions of dollars, with trillions of dollars to spend across the world in every country, every country, to make it all happen. And think tanks working full time 24-7, full paychecks, the whole retirements, the schemes, a whole lot. Very well paid, in fact. That's a good job, actually. If you, if you're a good psychopath, you can join these and live quite a good life as you wreck the world. And another article tonight, too, is Australian Taxpayers Alliance to, this really trying to fight back all of these new taxations in Australia and over-regulation of government. And government waste. There's always lots of government waste, mind you. I'll put this link up as well. But they're really getting ticked off in Australia about it because they're, they're the kind of test bed for a lot of stuff we've still to get here with carbon, personal carbon taxes. Remember that's coming down the pike, personal ones. I said that years ago. That's how they'll do it. And you'll get a bill for everything you purchased that week and you'll pay energy taxes on everything that went into making that, whatever it is you bought, that bunch of stuff. Even your groceries. Now, in London, they had a, a meeting uh, with the, their opposite, supposedly, under one of these hands across the world deals, another international organisation, but it's run by the Common Purpose Foundation. The Common Purpose came out of nowhere, highly uh, funded. Uh, they broke a lot of rules in Britain by bringing on politicians on board, even members of the armed forces that are not supposed to join NGO groups but they're, they're also for com- completely cementing Europe together. Uh, that's, was, that's really their main purpose, and bringing om- almost a communistic st- uh, system into the whole of Europe. But the, all the big boys are on board with it, again, because, you see, at the very top of the tree, above all socialism, you've got the, the ultra-capitalists, the guys who believe they are eugenic and superior, and this right to, they've got the right to rule the world, and they need socialism to keep everybody down below them in check. With lots of government agencies and spying on you and all that kind of stuff. See, they both work together. This is London and Shanghai social challenges to be tackled with support of Mayors Boris Johnson and Han Zen. It says, the inaugural Deo venture run by International Leadership Development Organization Common Purpose. And that's what they do, these big NGOs. They train your, your future leaders. They pick them at about 14, 13 or 14 years of age and train them to be leaders of this vast socialist system for the future. You see? It says it'll take place at Devonport House and City Hall from, in, in July. During the four day venture, participants will be set the challenge of developing collaborative practical methods to tackle social challenges caused by ever increasing urbanization in the two cities. They will also meet Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, at City Hall, where he'll host a reception for the participants. Deo Zhang is a great project bringing together the brightest and best young leaders from Shanghai and London. Well see they all know how to run the, the communist system over there, you see, in Shanghai and bring it into the British system. It's a fantastic way to learn from each other. Oh, it really is learning how it would be communistic and, and down your knees and bow to all the overseers in the communist China. That's what you have to do there. And strengthen developing bonds between our two great cities. is Mr. Johnson, who's also a member of the Dao Advisory Group. Now, what's he doing as a member of a, of a Chinese advisory group? I know previous common-purpose ventures have delivered some creative, innovative solutions to different problems, and I can't wait to see the ideas that are produced this time. You understand, we're run by private organizations. And they have a political clout because they're already involved in politics with their members. And they don't have to present any of this to the general public for your approval. That's how the world's really run. Has been for a long time. An awful long time. Now, Monsanto, Canada, unveils its Decalb, they call it Decalb, the canola seed processing plant in Lethbridge, Alberta. And it's uh, to- hosted uh, farmers, retail customers and other key industry stakeholders at the official grand opening of its expanded Decalb canola seed processing plants, home to Monsanto's North American hybrid canola seed production and manufacturing business. And they've invested $14.7 million dollars into this new expansion and upgrade of this particular plant. It's already it's been here for quite a few years. Canada runs the world with the GM because, you see, Canadians only found out from Britain during Blair's reign when people were protesting about him trying to get the GM food into, uh, veggies into Britain, uh, that Canadians have been eating this stuff for 10 years without being told by their government. We were the guinea pigs. Of course, they were testing everybody's uh, medical histories and following it all to see what it caused, what diseases and that caused. And they weren't going to tell the Canadians at all until it broke out from Britain. And then they went into action and brought out David Suzuki, of course, who's all on board for this stuff. And uh, because he'll get funding from them, no doubt, for his big uh, NGO group himself, his own foundation. And he tried to say, oh, it's okay to eat all that stuff, but I bet you he's not eating it himself. Remember, the guys at Monsanto won't eat the stuff themselves. That's all you need to know. That's all I need to know. They won't eat it. But you have to eat it. Now, the, the May Olympics security meticulously planned, it says, that's May as the woman who's in charge of all 3 So May. She may do this and she may do that. She's told MPs that the security operation for the 2012 Olympic Games had been meticulously planned and would not be co- compromised following the revelation that the 3,500 extra troops would be needed. She was responding to an, uh, an urgent question at Olympic Games Security on 12 July, tailed by the Labour MP and Chairman of the Home Affairs Committee, Keith Vaz. The drafting 3,500 extra troops for the Olympics, in addition to 13,500 already agreed, amidst, amidst fierce contractor G4s, the private ones may not have enough trained staff. The Home Secretary said the security operation for the games was the largest and most complex, listen to this, since World War Two. This is for the games. Games. And the contingency plans were a central part. Can you believe this? They've got missiles on rooftops and all the rest of it. You're living in the sci-fi. All the sci-fi is here. You're living through it all. And once you get austerity really, really rolling, and the massive taxation so there's no more spending money, all your money will go on essentials only, and back to government through taxations and so on, uh, you'll really be living in hovels and and falling apart buildings with the black clad troops keeping you all in line, just like you saw in all the sci-fi movies. That's what trains you. It's called predictive programming. That's where they show you all that stuff years in advance. It makes it familiar, the idea familiar to you. Now, New Star is spying on Americans for the government, and it says one Delaware-based tech company is quietly leading the way in surveillance infrastructure and serving as the middleman between law enforcement officials and your most personal information. RT correspondent Liz Wild uh, takes a look at what's really going on there, and uh, uh, it's actually. It follows, it's quite a good interesting article, I'll put that up tonight too and you can go into it to see how all these private companies, it's big big business for them and they're quite happy to go and help work for the government really, take payments from them. I mentioned too before this old idea, it was a, a, an idea that came, oh it's at least 80 years old probably this idea of firing energy towards something to charge something Uh, From a a distance Without wires or cables And the new ground based laser Can extend drone flight time They're really going ahead with all these Extended drone flight time Flying capabilities and so on So they've got to charge them en route And they've got a a laser now You'll soon see laser beams going over the sky As they recharge these things in flight From quite vast distances I'll put that up tonight too Now In Australia, there's a new plastic tax coming in, along with your carbon taxes. And again, that's all that come across the world as well. It's to be tested in Australia, and they get better public relations to sell it to all of us, and they'll iron out all the problems, you see. It says a new plastic tax may add over $300 to household grocery bills. As Australian families brace for the impact of carbon tax on the household bills, a new plastic tax is set to deliver another shock A controversial new scheme that proposes to levy a tax on glass and plastic containers could see the family's average grocery bill go up by more than $300. The plan would see a 10 cent deposit fee imposed on each plastic or glass drinks container to be refunded if the shopper returns the empty bottles. Australian Food and Grocery Council warned extra transport and setup costs would drive prices up at the worst possible time. And says, uh, The scheme could cost some families, here it's up to $470 a year more, as a new charge pushes up prices on drinks containers by 20 cents. Again, more and more ways to get rid of your disposable income on essentials. That's what's coming in across the world. In Britain, postman spy for a dress database that will record position of every home and business in the country. And it's from the Royal Mail, as they call it. It still belongs to the Queen, you see. And they can sell information to firms like Google. This is on your letter mail, your paper mail. And they're being turned into high-tech spies by the Royal Mail under a scheme that was seen record the position of every address in the country. They patrol streets using a satellite location device to capture the precise longitude, latitude and altitude of each home and business. In future, the Royal Mail could sell the information to firms such as Google to improve mapping services. In theory, uh, car navs and smartphones will be able to guide users to the precise doorstep they're looking for, and the police and other emergency services will be able to get to an address more quickly. The plans will conjure concerns first triggered by Google with its controversial Street View service. Cameras on Google cars capture sometimes intrusive images of homes and computers installed in the vehicles tapped into homes and businesses' Wi-Fi systems to collect personal information stored on computers. They're still doing it, by the way. Google is under investigation by the, the, the Information Commissioner over allegations that covered up details of the collection of personal information. By contrast, Royal Mail's system does not capture images or personal information. A trial in East Anglia was launched this week with postmen being sent out with high-tech mapping devices, which look like cameras or binoculars. Royal Mail said the new technology offers an advance on the traditional system of postcode, street names and house numbers. The organisation sees the vast new database that will be created as a potential money-maker for them. We're all for sale, really, eh? Number two, to get into these new high-rises and so on, go into the old, old science fictions to do with the world to come, written 50, 60, sometimes 70 years ago. One of the first ones was written in the 1920s and, and remade over and over in, in, the same, in different novels. To do with you all crammed into these massive high rises, a million people, and that would be your home for life. You would never see outside. In fact, with high-tech windows, you'd have all these pictures on the windows, but you wouldn't see what was beyond the window. And uh, you'd live, get born, move up into the next level, be trained through kindergarten, etc., and then eventually train for your job, then move to a, a work area, a different level again, and um, that would be your life forever. As that generation dies off and doesn't have children But part of it too was the ultra-promotion of sex Because crammed together, you could expect no privacy So first they'd have to train the population to expect no privacy Does it sort of tie together, folks, a very old plan? Does it you know, start to click somewhere in the old brain box? Hmm? No privacy And you, you get used to it Youngsters don't really care about it now They're quite happy to put all their, their data up on on Facebook and so on, and all the other ones out there that the government uses. UK admits to a cyber attack on Iran. In less than a week, British officials admit to cyber attacks and covert operations against Iran's nuclear program. UK UK Parliament's Intelligence Security Committee has admitted that Britain has launched a cyber attack against Iran shortly after the UK spy chief admitted Britain conducted covert operations in and against Iran. In its annual report for 2011-12, the British Parliament, the ISC, claimed that Britain's spies have caused disruption to Iran's nuclear capabilities, saying UK spying agents could access networks or systems of others to hamper their activities or capabilities without detection. Now, a year ago or two years ago, the whole cry was, oh, we're going to get cyber security in the West because we're going to get all these cyber attacks. Well, guess who's doing all the cyber attacks? The US, Britain, Israel you did done it all. I don't think Iran's cyber-attacking anybody else. Of course, they say it's not actually exactly illegal, since no one's wrote the books on it yet, you see. Now, to do with the resilient earth, ravaged reefs bounce back. Yells here, hear, the, oh, world, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. In a new study of coral reefs off the Pacific coast of Panama, Team of scientists have discovered something shocking. Those seemingly thriving permanent reefs have undergone widespread devastation in the past, the trumpet long ago. Even more shocking was the realization that despite this natural destruction, natural destruction, folks, of coral reefs, the reefs bounce back after laying dormant for two and a half thousand years. We've been told that the also sensitive coral reefs of the world are all going to die if the world's temperatures rise uh due to that horrible man made scourge. Of global warming, yet it seems that nature has been happily wiping out and re-establishing reefs across all the oceans of the world since before the rise of human civilization. Once again, the warmest scare tactics founder on the reef, uh, flounder on the reefs of actual science. That's quite a good article, actually, because they're using the same scam in the Great Barrier Reef in Australia right now. And But it goes through the natural cycles. And they're thousands of year years cycle. Sometimes they lie dormant for thousands of years and then just jump by again because of different things, including underwater volcanoes, etc., etc. And another article, another setup up tonight too is Stop Big Brother from Australia. Do you trust the Gallard movement to know all your internet passwords? Because we're really forging ahead there. Back with more after this. Folks, I'm back, and um, I'll put up a video tonight, too, where a, um, a congressman tells conservative activists that fighting for the U.S. Constitution is a losing battle. He's talking about politically. It's, it's not, he says there's no point in mentioning it. He says half the folk don't know what it means or what's even in it. He's got a point. They don't. But, of course, the other ones come up and say, you no, know, you can't do away without, without having a set of laws. If you, if you don't have a set of laws, you're lawless. Your government is lawless. And that, that's the bottom line. But uh, I'll put this up, and you can listen to this video tonight as well. And also in Jerusalem, it says the United States will use its power to keep Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons. Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton declared Monday after meeting top Israeli officials where they discussed the issue. She said the U.S. would keep raising the pressure on Iran as long as it fails to come clean on its disputed uranium enrichment program. Well, they have come clean up in times, but they refused to accept the, even the, the Atomic Energy Commission's findings. Iran is under great... Maybe they had the same thing, too, with Iraq. Remember, weapons of mass destruction, and the U.N. kept sending guys in, and they couldn't find anything. But it didn't matter. You see, it's an agenda is an agenda, and these countries have ought to be demolished. And only one superpower is to be left in the region to run all of those countries that they've now demolished. That's the plan. Anyways, Iran is under a greater pressure now than ever before, she says, we'll use all elements of American power to prevent Iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon. The veiled threat came as the U.S. and Israel debate how, how best to deal with Iran's nuclear program the US is seeking more time for negotiations and sanctions, while Israel has repeatedly hinted at military action, but they want the US to do, of course, you see uh, both suspect Iran may be aiming towards producing nuclear weapons and Iran denies the claim and they've been denying the claim, and they're even clear as I say by the Atomic Energy Commission up times, but it's not good enough uh, it's amazing how they allow some countries to have it, and other countries can't have it hey, you wonder why? well you see, they'll never tell you why, that's why You had to think for yourselves. After her declaration about possible use of U.S. power, Clinton said everyone prefers a diplomatic resolution and that Israel and the U.S. were on the same page regarding Iran. Iran's leaders still have the opportunity to make the right decision. The choice is ultimately Iran, she said, adding that so far Iran's proposals have been non-starters but well, what they want is complete demolish or de- de- demolition of all nuclear facilities there altogether and add, maybe they'll start selling them solar panels or something and turn them back into a third world status. That's, that's what they really want, a rubble in a third world status like, like they've done across the whole Middle East. You see. Throughout her day of meetings, Clinton also spoke about the need to halt Syria's violence and underscored America's support for Israel, an ally in a difficult neighbourhood. Hmm. She met President Simon Perez for about an hour as part of what was perhaps her final visit to Israel as Secretary of State, bringing a message of solidarity to the Jewish state after three and a half years of only stunted progress towards a Palestinian peace deal, which they'll never give them either, because that's never going to be on the card. We go through this farce every, every year, every so often, and we all know it's a farce, don't we? I mean, let's be honest. We all know this is a farce. They're never going to be of Palestinians anything, and uh, there'll never be equality or democracy in any of those countries. We don't have democracy. If you want to understand democracy, look at the French version that, that, that originally came out with the term democracy, where government was supposed to be a servant to the people. Have you ever seen that happen anywhere? Have you? From Hamish Mussel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.